Come on. Welcome to Money Savage, Savage Approach Personal Finance. This is George Grombacher, and the time is right. Welcome today's guest, a strong and powerful Lee Carney. Lee, are you ready to do this? I'm ready. Excellent. Let's do this. Lee is the CEO of Spin Real Estate. He's one of the nation's most active and successful single-family real estate investors, having flipped over 7,000 houses in the last decade. His educational platform, Flip Your Income, offers training for investors of all kinds. I'm excited to have you on. Lee, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. So, I'm uh, 40 years old, father of a three-year-old, which is uh, fun and exciting itself. Probably, actually, the most exciting thing going on in my life. <laughs> my, I've noticed since he came along that the, the priorities have changed. It's not about, you know, how much work can I get done, how much money can I make. It's how quickly can I get this done so I can go spend time with my son. It, it's just incredible how kids change your perspective on life. I mean, completely flip everything that was a priority completely on its head. And it, it, it's been a real blessing. So last year was a tough year personally for me. I had two neck surgeries, which was just insane. Had a two-level fusion. Three weeks later, got in a car accident, shattered all the, the hardware, had to get the exact same surgery oh again. My God. So, yeah, health-wise was tough. And, and it's funny, when you talk about personal stuff, I can trace all of those injuries back to the age of 17 to 25. So my job with my son is just to wrap him up in cotton wool from 17 to 25 <laughs> to make sure he doesn't do all of the dumb things I did. <laughs> so that's a little bit about me on the personal side. Um, but yeah, this year's already going a lot better health-wise. Everything's fused, and so I'm feeling great. I actually took a boxing, which probably sounds counterintuitive after getting neck surgery but a little bit really really like it i really really like it and i think for any ceo out there that has a lot of stress the number one stress reliever i have found is is just doing boxing hired a, an ex-pro who's, who's training me and i love it so nice. business-wise been, been doing this about 15 years and bought and sold that's got to be 7,500 plus homes at this point so i've seen the market rapidly increase i saw it go to nothing and now I'm seeing the run-up happen again. So my perspective is going to be a lot different than someone who's been, we'll say, wholesaling houses for two years. And so I see a lot of experts come into the market, and they are experts in a lot of ways. Some of these operators are, are wholesaling 20, 30, 40, 50 houses a month. But what they don't realize and the tool they don't have in their tool belt is what do you do when the market just disintegrates? And so... You know, I try to, you know, build people up and try to encourage people and try to really open their eyes to say prices don't always go up in real estate. They actually come down sometimes. And so my advice to everybody out there that's listening to this show is prepare. Prepare your business. Prepare your mindset where you can reduce your overhead, reduce your leverage, reduce your risk, have a cash-flowing asset portfolio, that can carry you through a time where you may not be able to sell a house for profit short term. And that's what happened last cycle. I mean, if you think about buying a house into a declining market, it was very, very difficult to buy, add value, and sell a home and make a profit, especially in a declining market. So I try to really encourage people to taking risk off the table today is just as important, if not more important, than trying to make money. And if, if people don't take anything else from the show, don't do what I did 12 years ago. 12 years ago, I had made $2 million, 
and I gave it all back because I wasn't taking risk into account. I was doing the same thing, the rinse and repeat formula of buying the exact same houses in the exact same area. Meanwhile, the market was declining. So in a lot of cases, I sold properties for very close to what I paid for them after I'd put 20, 30, 40 grand into them, which means I lost my shirt after hard money fees and closing costs and everything like that. So, you know, real estate's been fantastic. It really has provided me every opportunity I have. All of the other businesses, tech startups, self-directed IRA, got a, a home overseas, a waterfront home, a cliff uh, down the Dominican Republic. All that's been paid for by real estate. I mean, it's been an incredible journey. But the key is to make your money in real estate by doing real estate, and then you can reinvest that money in real estate so you don't have to do real estate, which means you've got a couple of passive vehicles, commercial, you've got multifamily, you've got single-family rentals, you've got lending. It's a great way to passively invest in real estate. So the, the key for all of us is to get yourself out of real estate and you can do that by investing right back into real estate, just not into transactional activities, into passive investments. And that's the ultimate goal for all of us is that we don't have to work. We're not trading our time for money. And then the third piece, which not a lot of people talk about, is how do you keep the government away from it? And that's, I've found from my mentors, is a skill set by itself. You can read all the books you want, but all of my learning on investing money into tax-free vehicles has come from one-on-ones with very, very smart people with eight, nine-figure portfolios that really have shown me how to do this in a big way. So that's a high-level view of me personally, business. So let me know what kind of questions you got. I love it. And I, I, I can certainly echo, I have a two-and-a-half-year-old, and I just told somebody the other day that he is the best time management tool that I've ever found because he really helped me to prioritize things and be a lot more efficient with uh, every minute and every hour that I have. So, so amen on that. And certainly congratulations. Yeah. Same to you. Same to you. So I feel like, I feel like maybe making sure that you have the correct mindset is, is, is the proper jumping off point here. So whether you're, you're considering getting into real estate, um, or maybe you have some properties, can we talk about the, talk about the mindset you think you should have? Sure. Well, the mindset is that you're entering a multi-trillion dollar industry. And that's cool because it reminds me of one of my college professors at Cal State San Bernardino. And he told me, when you're in business, the best business or the best industry you want to get into is one with an ocean of money. Therefore, you can just siphon off your little piece. You're not trying to swing the market. You're not trying to reinvent the wheel. And that's always stuck with me. So every time I look at a business or, or a new opportunity, like, how big is this ocean of money? The great news for everybody listening to this, the ocean of money in real estate is gigantic. Now, that's cool, but there's a part two of that. The mindset is, okay, there's always money in real estate, but the key and the thing that you need to keep in the forefront of your mind is how can I position myself on the right side of the trade? Because you take 2008 as an example. There was people losing their houses on the exact opposite side of that trade, there was an investor buying that property for 20 cents on the dollar. Exact same transaction. One person's getting killed, the other person's crushing it. And that's always stuck with me. And so when I look at, you know, as far as a mindset goes, am I on the right side of the trade? That's what I'm always asking myself in business. And so for those of you who are thinking about jumping into real estate right now, 
understanding we're entering a, a frothy market that's probably going to follow with a decline in most primary markets based on rising foreclosures, based on interest rates, based on affordability, based on things like the inverse yield curve. There's a little shot across the bow there. Investors are seeing short-term risk, choppy waters ahead. I mean, these are all indicators that, okay, there's probably a change coming. So when you take that all into your mind and absorb it, you probably shouldn't be doing long-term development projects. If you're in a primary market that's oversaturated, the play is the wholesale property. You're day trading real estate at that point. You're in, you're out of deals, you're carving out profits, you take your, your profit off the table, and you're not invested long-term into a speculative market. Got now it. we can transition to that. You think about this. You're at the bottom of the market. Everybody's an investor, right? Right. Prices are cheap. You can buy anything. You can shoot darts. We're all investors. You think about climbing up that mountain to the top. You're now a speculator. So don't be a speculator in a long-term deal and get caught with your pants down. That's, that's another piece of advice I'd like to give everybody out there. I think that that makes sense. You don't want to go too far out on the branch and then hear the wood cracking behind you. So, all right. Yep. So when you talked about reducing risk, that's, that's, that's really what it is that we're talking about right now. So, okay. So make sure that you are not investing in really long-term deals potentially. Um, and I, I think that I, I would have to imagine if people who are listening to this right now and they're not, they, they, and they're not big time real estate investors right now, but, but they want to be, what's, What's the right way to go into it? Is it to have a certain amount of cash on hand? I imagine having stable income is probably important. Wholesaling actually doesn't require any money or really minimal money. I mean, you're, you can start a wholesaling business with less than 10 grand. You've got a couple escrow deposits. The beautiful part about wholesaling, your only job is to buy something below what investors are paying it and just sell it to an investor before you buy it. You can double close it. You can assign the contract. You know, there's plenty of ways to essentially sell the asset before you buy it. That is the most risk-free, high-profit, quickest cash, least riskiest way for anyone who wants to get into real estate. It's a great learning tool because what you're also doing is all of your buyers and investors, so you're networking. While you're selling properties, you're actually building up a network of real investors in your local market. And I... I could go on and go on about how good wholesaling is. I would highly recommend to anybody listening to this, if you want to dip your toe into real estate and start making money in the shortest amount of time, with the least amount of risk, wholesaling is the way to go for sure. Got it. Okay. Well, I definitely want to circle back on that then, but I, I, I want to close the loop on some of the things we were talking about. Sure. Um, so, and I think you already touched on some of these, but how do I know when a market is declining? You, you mentioned the market's frothy. Uh, um, sure. Affordability is not that, there. That's a great question. Yeah, and we've, we've got a nationwide audience, so let me just try to give you some tools to identify a market. So there, there's things going on nationally. Let's take the Fed funds rate. Back in 2008, that was dropped to 0.25%. So what we experienced and what we got spoiled with was 3% interest rates. There's over 50% of borrowers, one of the last statistics I saw, that had a rate less than 3.5% of mortgage rate. That can't continue forever. But what that did was stimulate the economy, got us through a really bad time, which means that people could still borrow and it was affordable. Now, what happened was that stayed at 0.25% all the way to 2015. Now, what the Fed's been doing has been cranking that rate up because they're trying to shut off the faucet of money. You know, prices are going up too fast. 
you know, too much credit out there to try and dial things back. So we've noticed that go up from 0.25% to over 2%. And we watched mortgage rates over the last couple of years go from that 3 3.5% up to almost 5%. Now recently it dropped back down again. So that's one indicator that the feds are trying to shut off credit because things are running up too fast. In your local market though, if we take affordability, something as simple as you look at an average home and an average family in a given market can't afford an average home, that's usually not a sustainable business model. You look at building costs versus what stuff's selling for, and you see that huge disparity where stuff is just going for way more than it costs to build, and the prices just don't make sense. You've got things like Zillow. Just take something simple as Zillow. Look at Tampa market and look at a chart over the last 10 years. And what's funny about you take a market like Tampa or Vegas, it's probably the two, or Miami, really another good example. You'll see where prices were up. You'll see where they were down. You'll see where they're back up again. And common sense will dictate in these cyclical markets that, okay, it's just like that market cycle chart. If you Google real estate market cycles, you'll see a chart that waves. And that's the exact same thing you'll see in these cyclical markets. You've also got things like the foreclosure rate. You want to look at what are the foreclosure filings in your local market. And with things like that, you want to look at a trend, just like with pricing. Go back a couple of years. Are they on the rise? So foreclosures are on the rise every single month. That tells you that the, for, the actual foreclosures are coming, which means there's a bunch of distressed properties going to hit the market. That's going to drop prices. Investor confidence. When investors stop buying, if you take economics 101, while all other things being equal, you take demand off the table, prices go down. So between increasing foreclosures, investor demand decreasing, you're going to see a softening in prices in most primary markets. Even some simple tools like looking at the days on market in a given market, if you see that starting to rise, there's a problem. Or if you look at the sold price compared to the list price and you start to see that gap widening, means people are discounting their prices. Or if you look at the supply of inventory, let's just suppose in market X, you've got three months supply a year ago, and now today you've got six months supply. All other things being equal, supply increases, prices go down because you've got an excess supply. So a lot of this stuff is economics 101. Some of this stuff is common sense. But what I try to get people to do is build a picture that's a common sense picture and not just focus on one thing. I mean, I see a lot of people printing articles about the inverse yield curve, like the sky is falling because short-term rates exceeded the 10-year uh, treasury. Now, that's, that's great, and that has been historically an indicator of what's going on. But you look at what's going on today, we've got record low unemployment. The stock market's doing great. Economically, like there's a lot of good things happening. So I really encourage everybody out there Take a total picture. And also, your market can be different than the market next to you. Every market is different. And even within a market, you can have a sub-market that's different than the general market. You know, you take Tampa, Florida, for instance. You know, we've got a renaissance happening in several areas throughout the city where in area A that has a commodity property where it's just every house is the same. They're all cookie-cutter homes. Yeah, prices are, are soft. Then you've got other areas where a house is on a market for one day and there's multiple offers. This is where overgeneralizing markets and especially taking a national brush and painting that across every real estate market is extremely dangerous. 
There's always opportunities. There's always unique things happening in markets. And it's about tapping into the market that you plan on operating in and understanding what's going on as well as look at nationally what's, what's happening. Nice. Okay. So, again, always going back to make sure that you're on the right side of the trade. So, understand nationally, but then do your yep. research and understand what's going on in the local market because each one is going to be dynamic. So, excellent. Okay. So, um, how what how would you counsel me if if I wanted to get started with wholesaling? Sure. If you want to get started with wholesaling, it's important to understand where the activity is in the market. The number one key for wholesaling is liquidity. If we think about the fact that we want to sell a property before we buy it, reason would dictate you want to go where the action is. And what you're going to find in most cities, investors are typically hanging out in certain zip codes. So a simple way to do this is to take an MLS report, sort it by cash sales, and sort it from the, the zip code with the most amount of cash sales to the zip code with the least amount of sales. That's exactly what we do in our business. That's exactly what wholesalers do. They go where the action is. Now the key is then once you identify your demand, the real work is with acquisitions. And so what you then have to do is match distressed sellers with investor buyers. Now, if you think about what wholesaling is, you're typically buying something below what it's worth, which means that there's a, a sales aspect to that. So for wholesaling, you gotta identify when you have a distressed seller, what is their real issue? Because you offering a price of less than what their home is worth is not gonna be of value to these people because you're basically saying, sell me your house for less than what it's worth. Who here would actually do that? No one would. So what you really wanna understand is what's your pain point? What's going on with you? Why are you about to lose this home? Why are you in foreclosure? You know, what, what do you need? And what you'll find with a lot of people, they need a place to move. They might need $20,000. And so price of their property gets off the table and you're identifying what their need is and you're addressing that need, which allows you to get a deal below market value and allows them to have a solution to their problem. So what I've found with dealing with distressed sellers, and I would say this to everyone out there, you want to spend a lot more time listening and a lot less time talking. Because if you let the seller talk, they'll tell you what their issue is. And then you can build a solution around what their issue is instead of trying to drive a price down their throat, which is not going to be the most important thing to them. Now, you find the distressed seller. You tie up a below market value deal. You've already identified your demand. Here's the cool part about that same exercise. You can drill into the zip code and see exactly what the investors are paying for that kind of asset. Your only job is to buy it below it and contact the exact same people who are recently buying properties in that exact same zip code and say, hey, I have another one, do you want it? You go to 10 investors who are active in a zip code and have recently bought properties with a deal that makes sense, I can almost guarantee you that property sold. Love it, that, that makes sense. Well, Lee, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? I would say that the biggest lesson I have learned over the last year is to put people first. I got involved in some industries outside of real estate, amazing opportunity, amazing business, but it was the wrong people. So my advice out there and the, the difference making tip I will have for today for your audience is put people first and the money will follow. I can't stress that enough. It's, we're in a people business no matter what industry we're in, always do the right thing always put people first 
and the money will naturally follow. As long as you're in, in a decent industry at the right time, right place, it doesn't have to be perfect. But if you're dealing with the right people, the money absolutely will follow every single time. Well, that is great stuff. That definitely gets it. Come on. Come on. And Lee, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? Absolutely. Well, Advisors Education, uh, we actually teach lots of different things, all the way from commercial to wholesaling to scaling your business. Uh, My personal website is flipyourincome.com. And if you want to learn about wholesaling specifically, we also recently come out with realempire.com, which is the most up-to-date, technologically savvy way to wholesale properties anywhere in the nation. So realempire.com or flipyourincome.com. Excellent. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Lee your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Go to flipyourincome.com and realempire.com. Check out all the good stuff he's got. Thank you again, Lee. Awesome. Thanks for having me on the show. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. Before I go, quick announcement. I've been asked by so many people over the past couple of years about how do I start a podcast that I've developed and released a course that will teach you exactly how to do that step-by-step from figuring out the kind of show that you want to have to understanding how all the technology works behind it and then how to get great guests and uh, keep the thing moving and how to grow it. So if you're interested in that, check it out. You can go to georgegrombacher.com forward slash podcast course and you'll find it there. You can just go to the website. I'll also list that in the notes of the show. What's up, Savage Nation? Please support the show by subscribing, leave us a review, and definitely feel free to share us with somebody you think would like it. Come on!